Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Pod Me If You Can. This is Pod Me If You Can. Movie reviews by David and Lloyd. An Australian podcast on your favorite movies. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today we talk about Exodus, Gods and Kings. Christian Bale, Joel Edgerton, directed by Ridley Scott. Lloyd, uh, this was one of the films you were looking forward to. Yep. Of course, Noah was the other biblical epic which came out in 2014. I thought I'd just do a quick heads up. We're going to spoil things about the film. If you're not familiar with the story of Moses, if you're not familiar with Exodus, Gods and Kings, we will be getting into it in quite some detail. Just be advised before listening to the rest of this podcast. So why are we looking forward to this film? <laughs> I said earlier that maybe Noah will bring back the bib- biblical epics of the past and how grand it would be to see, you know, modern day big budgets with these big super films and, you know, to see the special effects of today. It would be really good to adapt these um, biblical stories. We saw Darren Aronofsky's Noah take a really, you know, I don't want to say it's a strange approach, but very different approach he, he said it was like adapting a, a mythology like zeus or something like that and um darren aronofsky is atheist himself um we have done ridley scott movies in the past we talked about uh, uh prometheus which is a pretty good podcast i'd advise you guys listen to that one and the counselor which is hor- which was we both thought was a horrible movie so ridley scott does have some misses in his canon and but i do think he is one of the great directors of our time um the ten commandments uh, which is the movie that uh, which is the story that he chose to adapt um from the bible has been done before and quite a few times M- the big one of course is cecil D- um cecil de mill if i'm pronouncing that cecil correctly de cecil de mill cecil, cecil de mill <laughs> um called the ten commandments um he made in 1923 and then he remade it again in 1956 Uh, with Charlton Heston playing the lead role and that movie I saw when I was really young and it haunted me um, forever I think it's got one of the most enduring some of the most enduring images and scenes in all of cinema so let me just ask what those images were uh, of course uh, the green mist coming in to take away uh, the firstborn Um, the parting of the red seas was the big thing and just all the grand set pieces at the time was like oh my gosh this is amazing (laughs) Um, the prince of Egypt as well which is a cartoon that came out I think in 1999 Um, I thought some of the images were great in that. It was a really hard-hitting story for an animated movie, and it made so much money. So there's a lot of money to be made with this um, franchise. the story, yeah. I think Ridley Scott with this film has matched um, Cecil DeMille's 1956 film, if not surpassed it. I think he's taken a very very violent approach um, to the Ten Plagues and sort of kind of like a realistic approach um, in some ways. I think that's what he's going for. Yeah, it? that's right. Um, and, 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 and as we're, Dave and I are talking, uh, Ridley Scott is still still taking a lot of hits and it's going to be more so when this film is finally released in the States and England and so forth because of the casting choices. That's one of the big issues I saw. This is set in ancient Egypt and a lot of the cast is of Anglo-Saxon. Uh, we have, of course, Joel Edgerton, as you said, Christian Bale. We have strangely Ben Kingsley and Sigourney Weaver with blink if you don't blink, otherwise you'll miss sort of roles. Mm-hmm. And um, he's Aaron been cr- Paul's in it as well. Yeah, yeah. From I, um, is Breaking Bad. Yeah, 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 I had to watch the whole time going, is that Aaron Paul? <laughs> and he's second in command or something. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so, or, or, like, it's a full Anglo cast set in ancient Egypt. With, there should have been more of an African presence there. But uh, in Ridley Scott's defense, he said, there's no way I could fund a big, massive production like this without this kind of cast. I want to say I agree with the concept that having names attached to a cast, you know, actors should be able to play characters, you know. Um, terrible example, but Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder... You know he's playing the characters <laughs> so you know you want to believe him because he's an actor he's giving you that role so in like his defense i'm totally with him i'm saying like big names christian bale joel edgerton who's becoming a bigger name uh to his credit that's great that's gonna help get a film finance his comments the way he phrased it saying muhammad so-and-so is the bad part here I agree with the concept that, yeah. you know, actors should be able to play whoever and, like, bigger actors, yep, will get money on board. And it's $140 million for this budget. I just don't like the way you phrased it. I don't know where the interview came from or whatever. Yeah, that's right. I think it came from Variety and it's been quoted all around. And with the subject, um, we talked about this in Noah, it just goes with the territory. If you're going to do any religious text, you're going to get fervish um, criticism from all sides and it's going to come more and more and this film is going to be heavily discussed and and everything like that Dave do you think the Bible epics are going to come now like is Noah and and um, Exodus misses and people like okay we're going to forget about this franchise or do you think more will come more great directors will take on these epics to be honest Ridley Scott wanted to make a film for his brother here oh oh, that's a great point as well touching message at the end which was my to my dear brother dedicated to Tony and guys check out our Tony Scott podcast we did his whole entire um, career filmography and career Uh, it's a great podcast yeah Tony Scott retrospective is what we called it um which is great. Like, he dedicated it to his brother, and that made it have more meaning at the end of the film. Uh, I think he's chosen the wrong brotherly biblical story here. I think Cain and Abel would be a fascinating oh, yeah. brother story. I think that, like you're saying, uh, Charlton Heston's version of Moses, um, Prince of Egypt, have covered this. I felt that I was waiting, watching for the beats I already knew were going <laughs> to yeah. happen. If you're familiar with the Prince of Egypt, it takes a really light version of this, like a uh, light approach because of all the singing. And this film could have used something in its middle because for me, it starts with that action sequence on the chariots, which Joel Edgerton's character is saved by Moses, Christian Bale's character. And then the middle is just pacing and talking and nothing. And then I'm thinking the whole time, this was my problem with the film. I didn't love it. Uh, heading towards the end of it, basically, the the big thing you want to see the imagery you say burned into your mind from Charlton Heston's you know he wedges the pole down spreading the water yeah. creating you know parting the sea did not happen the action sequence at the end the climax of this film is him throwing a sword into the water he doesn't even have the staff that that staff's supposed to turn into a snake at one point showing god's power he just throws his sword into the water the water recedes gradually overnight then they're able to walk across. The the big thing with the plagues and with Moses himself, he tried to take a more realistic approach, is Moses schizophrenic. Every one of the plagues is broken down into a possibility. Uh, the, how the how the Nile turns to blood red is the alligators are feeding frenzy, which happens. Sharks um, are known to have feeding frenzies, and all of a sudden the whole sea is turned red around the you. The clay apparently got kicked up from the ocean floor. Exactly, and the po- the poison of the water and everything like that, the locusts, and all that is reasoned with. 
And then the parting of the seas is described uh, or depicted in the film as a tsunami, a comet hits. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, all this could be possible, you know. But what happens with the taking of the first child? It's just like, oh, we can't write any reasons for that. My, my brother saw it and he came up. I'll shout out to my brother, Josh. Oh, and by the way, Dave and I both saw this in 3D. I saw this at the extreme screen in um, Hoyt's. Um, Belconnen, so the biggest screen possible that we have in Canberra. So I'm glad I saw it. Don't watch it in 3D, guys. Just watch it in the biggest screen possible. It was so annoying. The 3D, I thought- <laughs> three hours of the glasses. Oh my god. Sorry, what did Josh say before? We oh on? yeah, Josh was saying. Um, oh, he, it's possible that he. Um, Moses or one of his guys poisoned all the first young because of all the servants, all the Hebrews are servants, and it's possible they could have poisoned it. I don't know with the photography and the shadow looming and everything like that. Yeah, the imagery wasn't there again. Yeah, there was no green mist. No green mist. There was just a big shadow. Just shadow, and everybody stops breathing. But I saw it in 3D as well. The 3D lens flare gave me the shits. <laughs> like, lens flare itself is sort of a creative thing. J.J. Abrams is a big fan of <laughs> he it. He abuses it. <laughs> well, there's some in the new Star Wars trailer. <laughs> but lens flare in 3D is even more annoying because it's the only thing you can look at. And I was just frustrated with that. Um, I thought the only good thing in 3D was the locusts and the hail during the plagues, which the plagues seem to be built for 3D. The rest of it, completely unnecessary. <laughs> and it was probably too much in that opening fight scene with the chariots. I thought it was just too shaky. Sure. It was frustrating. I did not enjoy it. I, I, we didn't research it too well because we only just saw this, but I don't know if this was shot for 3D. Um, the real only reason why I saw it in 3D was because that's the only available screening on the big screen. That's the only reason why I saw it in 3D. Dave, you often try to avoid 3D. I do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> um, because Dave wears glasses, obviously, and having the 3D over it. It's just, frustrating. Yeah. I also don't like the brightness factor because 3D brings it down to some dark level. Yeah, I think it reduces the colouring by 30%. That's, well, that's huge. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, whatever it is it it hinders my movie experience and i'm very aware because i'm constantly adjusting the 3d glasses over my glasses um the whole movie which just takes you out of it look Uh, well i I just want to quickly get it out of the way what i really liked because i really liked uh, gods and kings exodus i saw this with my friend adam and i don't think uh, adam if you're listening i don't think you liked it too much because this movie did seem to drag but i really actually love this movie um i love it how ridley scott depicts the suffering of people what we have is a landscape a world and the people who inhabit this world is dictated by cruel the the cruelty of kings where you have the slaves and how they live and they burn they get poisoned they get whipped they get they die building these great monuments and you have nature um you have a wrathful god which you can easily interpret as just nature and these people have to suffer under the wrath of this god or this nature like whether it's plague pestilence um they they starve um and and all that and i think that's depicted really well i really love the scene where ramesses is uh running through the mountains with his men and the the mountains uh has that landslide and he loses uh, a huge portion of his men you see how nothing we are to to nature also the drowning as you said with the tsunami coming over and everyone drowning it's just like good gosh you know and then of course the plagues one of my favorite scenes in the movie is how everyone's starving they break into the vault to take all the grain and then the fire start and ramesses orders his soldiers to shoot him they're getting shot by arrows and they're approaching they're getting killed by um stabbed you know these poor people and then a lightning bolt comes down flashes white then we go to darkness and then just ends like what's going on here (laughs) you know and, and all that so i think um 
Ridley Scott did a wonderful, uh, excellent job of that. The biggest issue with this film I had was that I understand it's a deep character. Um, they wanted a deep characterization of Noah. I don't think he succeeded in that. When he marries that really beautiful Ara- Arabian girl, which a lot of people apparently are having issues with Moses marrying Arabian, I, I don't understand that. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know why. Yeah, um, he. You can tell I bought it. He loved. Oh, I'm settled down now. I've got a kid. I've got a wife. And then he has an accident, and he sees the burning bush and God telling him, "You got to save your people." They didn't build up on that. I didn't understand his torture. He just leaves his wife and kid, and then goes off to rescue. I'm just like, well, what about your family? You're. A- you're not a good husband, you know. You know, yeah. if the torture was more built up, like he's doing the washing, and then all of a sudden he sees God in the reflection, like this really inner demon. Oh, or, like it was an ongoing. It was an ongoing thing, and he had to leave until this was exercised out of him. I would, I, I would have bought him more. I think really just got needed more time there. And also another thing, the overcasting. We saw Ben K- Kingsley and Sigourney Weaver, and then they're there for like three minutes, and it was so distracting. You're like, so where's Sigourney Weaver? Where's Ben Kingsley? What are they doing? Do it's like what you were saying with Prometheus when they cast um, um, Guy Pearce as, as the old man. Guy as the old man. Well, why could <laughs> well, I kept waiting for him to go young again. Well, you kept saying you saw through the makeup the whole time. Yeah. You just kept I going... Like Guy Pearce. Yeah, you like Guy Pearce. That's not an old man. That's Guy Pearce. <laughs> and, and I kept going, is there a scene where he's going to get younger? He's going to find the fountain of youth. He's going to age down and then he's going to be the Guy Pearce we know and love. No. He's <laughs> just going to remain an old man. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers for Prometheus. But... Um, <laughs> Look, I um I watched that Sigourney Weaver bit and I was so frustrated because I'd read this whole article in Empire magazine about Sigourney Weaver and how she's back working with Ridley really Scott. Scott. Not since barely Alien. In <laughs> barely in it, you know, just definitely overcasting. John Turturro has um Ra- Joel Edgerton's father. Yep. Ramsey is the first, I don't know. The before yeah. Joel Edgerton. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, ruler at the beginning of the film. I thought he was in it and justified. You know, he's, he had a good meaty part. You know, that was. You know, they said there's no small roles, only small, no small actors. No wait, no small roles, only small actors. Yeah. Um, small, no small parts. Apologies. These were small parts. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver's part was a small part. Yep. She didn't need to be in it. She did create a presence, but it was a distracting presence. Yeah, well, you were wondering if she was going to come back. Exactly. You were wondering if there was any point. You you just reminded you're watching a movie, in a way. <laughs> would have been better to cast people you'd never seen before because suddenly they inhabit those characters. But anyway. I, I love it how um, he, he was so willing to make them all ugly. Mm. Like um, all the whole kingdom, they all have those weird scars from the pestilence and he was willing to put that on all the actors' um, faces. That was really good. It would have been better just to see more of Sigourney Weaver, the mother relationship, I guess. But she was just cut out, you know. And it just became a, a story. The king was really... Father didn't love him too much. He loved more Moses. That was implicit. And he kept saying to the child, you know why he sleeps so well? Because you know... Because you know, um, you know you're loved. I never slept so well because he was never loved by his father. I'm yeah. like, oh, talky talk. And that awful scene where he's talking to his wife. Christian Bell on that Christian, repeat. Oh, that when will you leave me? Wouldn't never. it be more powerful <laughs> when he comes back and with his people and she goes, who are these people? They're my they're my people and then she cries and they embrace and then we just fade black we didn't need to see them going who's your you know the repeated lines yeah yeah they repeat this uh, loving dialogue (laughs) reiterate it uh, right at the end of the film before the credits roll but I kind of felt like the relationship Christian Bale has to the slaves wasn't built up enough oh yeah he doesn't care about them and then God kind of tells him he didn't care about them like he didn't give a crap so 
you know, he's not attached to all these people he's bringing out. Yeah, he depicted Moses more as a really, like, I think even Christian Bale said this, as a very possible schizophrenic guy, you know. But, yeah, I would have felt more like, when you watch Spartacus by Stanley Kubrick, and he goes, I'm Spartacus, and then everyone's saying, you really feel, because he's been with these slaves the whole time, <laughs> the suffering of the people. I got none of that. It was terrible, the scenes where you see slaves' bodies being burned, and then Ramesses' wrath, you know, he's just killing people like a family will die every week and no one is owning up um to who moses is that was really touching but would i don't know more of that maybe i don't i, I don't know the, the stakes didn't feel very high i didn't enjoy how christian bale moses uh trains up a bunch of them with like a montage teaching them how to shoot arrows and ride horses that is never paid off <laughs> because then god appears to him as a little boy and tells you to want, want and tells to... him he's going to do the plagues basically yes yeah. just watch so it's never really used. It's never like what was the point of having Yeah, you that? thought you were going to get into a guerrilla style warfare like the Patriot Mel Gibson's um, yep. film where they were going to harass the the lines. But they, what's funny is, what, and I agree with you, Dave. They spend time building that up, and I'll oh, just forget about. It. We get into the plagues. Yeah, don't worry so, about well, it. we know the plagues are coming. Why did you spend that? Yeah. And this is already a very long film. At like two hours forty minutes or whatever it was, I'm not even sure. Look, like I said, I've seen The Prince of Egypt. Had you seen The Prince of Egypt? I love The Prince of Egypt, Great. yeah, when I saw that, yeah, This yeah. is the thing, I like The Prince of Egypt. But I didn't, I didn't expect much out of that film, and I was shocked how adult it was. A lot of the dramas, I was like, yeah. wow, they're really going all out on this. Whereas I expected so little from this film, having seen The Prince of Egypt, I was like, right, I know all the emotional cues. And as I was watching it, I kept thinking Christian Bale looked too modern. He just had different beard lengths, but he looked as if he was Christian Bale thrown into this world. Joel Edgerton, obviously, he's shaved his arms, his legs, his chest, everything. He looks like the Pharaoh. He's undergone some physical transformation. But Christian Bale, I was like, it's just Christian Bale. <laughs> the other thing that annoyed me is in the Moses story, besides not having the stick, the iconic stick he uses to play uh, part the sea, his hair and face were supposed to go white when he sees the face of God. Wow, okay. Which, up on the hill... And so the burning bush and he sees the face of God and he comes back looking different. And that's how his wife and everyone know that he has seen God because he couldn't handle it or whatever. And it's changed his face and hair. And all we got of that, he was very pale as yeah. a sick Yeah. Well, he hurt himself. So he had a wound yeah. and they were wondering if he'd seen anything at all. So there was this constant doubt thrown over the film. Uh, one shot that really gave me the shits in this film <laughs> was right at the end when he has white hair and beard and whatnot. And I was wondering if that was like, he's accepted, he's going to die or something, you know, wasn't clear. But there's a shot of him in the tent. He's being carried in like a little teepee tent thing behind him. There are the commandments, Ten Commandments. The and Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been shaped like. You know. been cool. <laughs> uh, anyway, and he looks to the right and he sees through the, the slit of the tent, he sees this child god or messenger or whatever. And he nods like he knows like good work Moses you know nice one and then they showed a second indulgent shot from Ridley Scott where it showed a shot at the front of the tent and the god child whatever you want to call it messenger started going backwards so dropping off and people were stepping out of his way as if they knew he was there and he's like a ghost or whatever you know he's not he's not there no one else can see him in all yeah. the scenes where he's talking stepping out of his way really took me out of it and it was completely unnecessary seeing him kind of um walk up to the tent nod and then drop back would have been enough having the second indulgent shot i was like what the fuck <laughs> is this just you know 
that gave me the shits <laughs> and it was right at the end of the film and, and I mean I've been sitting for a long time <laughs> You yeah, were, this is a very long movie. It's yeah. a big ask, this one, you know. They, but it is a journey. I do appreciate what I saw. Like, I, I, I had such an effect from Noah, like, uh, particularly when the flood happens and you see all those people on the rock um, begging for mercy um, for the ark and the sea is just bashing on them. That really hit me. And then in this film, like, the, the filmmakers really pushed the plagues, like the, the locusts swarming on that guy. And I was just like, well, come on, you didn't need to go that far. But just how cruel the landscape is. You see the, the animals coughing out blood, like, obviously they're sick. And I was just, wow, that was so brutal um, to watch that. And then again, the scars on the actors, like, it's really affecting them physically. But, um, so I understand the realistic approach. Possibly um, Moses didn't see anything. He was just hit in the head. B- ex- externalize that that internal um, conflict he has a bit more. But the when all the firstborns die, I... I felt that killed the momentum of what they were trying to build that whole is this real is this not okay, sort of thing no explanation for no it. explanation for that like just that big um shadow looming over everyone and all the people stop breathing maybe they should have pushed more you know there's an implication that possibly ramses poisoned his father with the snake he goes oh it's good to have a bit of poison in your blood yeah and then the next couple of scenes we see john totoro because he's behind hanging back maybe he's not really ever at his father's bedside yeah, that's sure. a big possibility. Um, so maybe there should have been an implication the slaves had poisoned the firstborn because Joel Edgerton, there is a scene where Joel Edgerton thinks Moses is in his palace and he goes, I'll have my vengeance on you first or, or something like that. I don't he remember. just kind of yells it out. Yeah. yeah, thinking that Moses is there. Maybe a servant heard that. I don't know. But I, I felt a lot of that realistic momentum that um, Ridley Scott was building was decimated with the taking of the firstborn. And Yeah, and I really like that scene how Joel Edgerton, um, you know, is thinking about about, um, what he's doing and then his wife is in the other room rocking the empty cot where the son used to be and then he realized well there's nothing left for me here I just want to kill Moses and mm. kill every single one of them and he rides out and there's just this no dialogue just him riding out just the guy going oh um, if I may speak if I may speak frankly so if we're going to re-get four million slaves or four hundred thousand slaves we'll we'll need more than four divisions or whatever because oh we're not taking any slaves back you know this is going to be genocide you know that was really cool <laughs> I um yeah I liked Joel Edgerton in this I didn't think he was in it as, as much as he could have been to be honest it was really Moses heavy for me that scene was fine but what followed was cutting to Moses and the slaves walking, cutting back to Joel Edgerton riding fast. We need to... Cutting back, cutting back, cutting back. They're four days apart. Like, that was not handled well. You didn't think it was thrilling? No, because it was like a walking race. (laughs) It was like cutting between the tortoise and the hare. Sure. You're watching one go really slowly, one go really fast. One go really slowly. <laughs> well, I, I think what killed the momentum for that for you as well is because you knew what was coming. You yeah. knew the Red Sea was coming. Well, you know they're coming. heading towards the sea. You're yeah. like, get to the sea already. <laughs> also, they don't immediately go to the sea. They go to the mountains. And you're like, this is just padding. You don't need any of this. Could this movie, like Oliver Stone's Alexander, could this have used a sex scene, maybe some boobs? Because you had both, both Joel Edgerton's wife and Moses's wife and both relatively unknown actresses. They're both gorgeous you in could this have, as well, yeah. You could Stunning have intercut girls. a sex scene with the ma- the um, vows that Moses was taking. Yeah. But instead you cut to this, like, slow 
nothing I, I thought about that myself but just with biblical stories and it's ridiculous for me to say this because the violence is so extreme in both noah they're and not f- they're not for adults like that they're not for the cr- christian um the, the possible christians or religious groups that are going to see that if you have a sex scene with moses my gosh that's moses in the sex scene this is blasphemy and people will burn this <laughs> i really do feel that it's implied it is implied, and they're yeah. married like, yeah. it's not as if he's just sleeping. I mean, he, he kills multiple people in his escape attempts. That's Exactly. Not- That's why I'm saying it's ridiculous for me yeah. to say that because it's so violent. But I do believe there's just something so taboo about sex. And the idea of Moses seeing Moses nude with his wife, people burn cinema. Not even <laughs> nude. Just, like, they, they could have more passionately. made us care a bit more. Yeah, sure. Because there was a bit of detachment. And whenever you do that kind of fade to black business... I mean, even Troy with... Um, uh, Brad Pitt. That was and Rose great. Byrne. That's a great point. Yeah, you that know, was like, that, yeah. It was handled well. Yeah, it was really handled well. Like, but there was just kind of this. I oh. could have forgiven a brute. That was great. <laughs> that scene. She did it well. Rose Byrne, I think. It Rose Byrne. Yeah, she correct. Was, she was wonderful. I've read some criticism online about how <laughs> yeah. God is well, not just that, but how God is uh, represented by a child. I've got no problem with that. Well, didn't he say I'm sick of talking to a messenger? He did. Yeah. And I, I immediately thought of that too when I read that criticism. Like, but but even if it was God. Like, it being a messenger means that his hair doesn't have to turn white as well. But if it was God, who cares? Because God can, de- can take any form. Exactly, If, if you yeah. believe in God, then God can be a child. The acting of the child may have been an issue. Like, he wasn't... I actually kid. thought he did a great job, yeah. Well, like, a few yeah. times you're kind of like, oh, this is some kid acting. Like, But, you know, it's fine. There was a lot of criticism online. Oh, yeah, this movie's got panned really heavily. <laughs> hey, um, I think the length of it is the biggest issue because uh, I, I did find myself turning over in the chairs a few times. I yeah. think the marketing is what I hate the most because... How, was it, how did you see it when you well, saw the marketing? Oh, look, the, the poster is like a massive tidal wave and with a person running. And that's on IMDb. But then all the trailers are like action, 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 action. The film is this. It starts with you meet Moses... You meet his brother, um, Joel Edgerton's character, Ramesses. They go off, they do a um, chariot-style battle in 3D that looks terrible, <laughs> and Ramesses is saved by Moses. That implies that he will one day lead, or in this case, he, he does lead. He leads, leads the slaves to, um, you know, freedom. He just doesn't know that at the time. Then the whole middle is establishing whether or not Moses is Hebrew. He is, and then he gets banished, finds a wife. He's... God tells him to come back in so many words. He comes back, plagues happen, the slaves are freed, and then uh, in the final attempt to get away to victory, the seas are supposed to be parted, but they here slowly recede, and uh, Moses frees the slaves off towards wherever it was, and uh, Ramesses, who tries to stop him, doesn't even perish. He just kind of gets washed in the other direction, which, I mean, look, when you do the whole tidal wave thing, why show us christian bales moses getting hit in the head with a rock underwater if he's not going to die why show me that shot <laughs> i don't know there was no point to that shot and joel edgerton's commitment riding towards moses like he didn't care if he was going to die yeah he just wanted to get moses riding hard riding hard they get hit by the wave and then he he lives why show me that why show me his commitment just like what's the point i don't I was frustrated with it because it was like two people who were at the same point in that ocean got washed to completely different sides of the ocean as well. The physics of it are insane, but 
Yeah, and like the fingers, uh, like the tornadoes you see in the um, ocean. I read somewhere is like the fingers of God and all that. Yeah, I think you could watch this kind of as an atheist and go, "There is no God. This is all Mother Nature." But um, it's more fun if you just go with the actual story. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you if you know the story? Well, maybe the maybe the film was just confused on what it wanted to be. In that sense, maybe is is this going to be a a schizophrenic depiction of Moses or sorry as a leader of a people is this a a soldier um, fighting back against a king is this nature and maybe just didn't settle on what it wanted to be I'll tell you what it is it's the story of an exiled general who returns and leads slaves up against their rulers which is Gladiator yeah exact plot of Gladiator (laughs) hey let's get Ridley Scott to direct Gladiator 2 Exodus. (laughs) Exodus. <laughs> well, we'll talk um, quickly just about the production design because really Scott's really wonderful at this. Like Prometheus looked absolutely beautiful and all the set pieces. The thing about going back in time and Kingdom of Heaven's movie I absolutely hated, but it looks so beautiful. It was like, wow, you could touch the set pieces, the army you could feel. I saw that in 3D as well. Yeah. Oh, did you? I'm Gladi- sure I did. Gladiator? Yeah. I don't think 3D the was Kingdom around. Kingdom of Heaven. Oh, Kingdom of Heaven. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like that was in 3D. Well, even, let's say it wasn't, that's the effect it had on you. <laughs> it must have been. But you can touch it, you could feel it, just everything about the set pieces. It really has been working for a long time with this uh, production designer, Arthur Max, who also did Seven, by the way, and their relationship has given are some of the greatest set pieces in cinema in recent years. I just feel with the modern day CGI, maybe that's turned against the Bible epics, especially Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments at the time and for the longest period of time was the, one of the greatest special effects in all of cinema. We've had so many special effects over the last decade, just 10 years. We've had incredible armies in Lord of the Rings fighting against each other, Sauron. Maybe that has desensitized us and no one is wowed. Like, you know, I could picture um, Ten Commandments uh, coming out um, in 1956. Even if people didn't believe in God, they would just go to see that for the special effects. Here now, it's just like, oh, I don't want to see a big, long Bible epic, you know? <laughs> well, if you're familiar with the story, you maybe you don't feel you're getting something new. Yeah. Um, maybe if you're a female viewer who doesn't like Christian Bale that much, Everyone has male children in this movie. Women are either slaves or they're just generally mistreated, with the exception of uh, Moses' wife, who seems free, but lives out in Whoop Whoop, and uh, Joel Edgerton's wife, who seriously gets out of bed four different times, (laughs) and that's all you see her do, is get out of bed and go see something. She was a great actress that Ridley Scott um, cast her in, Iranian actress, uh, he cast her in Body of uh, Lies, a really, really great film with Russell Crowe and Leonardo DiCaprio. You guys should definitely check that out. I feel like, for me, the thing that really killed it was not only the length, but the fact that there was no dramatic flair. There was nothing at the end that made me go, wow, I know what you're saying about us being desensitized, but receding water is not the same <laughs> as, as the parting yeah. sea. You yeah. Know? It is a movie at the end of the day. It is made to entertain. It's such an anticlimax for me. And the returning of the water, the effect for me was as if you were pushing sand in a sand pit and covering people up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, it didn't wow me. Yeah. I thought the effects were okay, but I'm, I'm going to look at $140 million and I think, ugh, you know, this is too much. I would rather see Ridley Scott make something perhaps that was character-driven whether he writes it or not. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be special effects based. You know, he could do something with robotics or something set on Earth or, I don't know, you know, a film like Moon, uh, something more independent sci-fi rather than epic. 
and I get that he's doing a film for his brother. I didn't know that until I saw that. I didn't know that until I saw that. Yeah, as well. And that's yeah. nice. That's meaningful. But like I said, I'd love to see Cain and Abel as a, a biblical story. Whereas I feel like we've seen Moses too many times. Too many yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- these are big shoes he's stepping into. Ridley Scott, like, um, and it, it's a big epic story. It's perfect for cinema. Cinema is the perfect vehicle for Bible stories. I don't know if we're going to see more Bible stories adapted, but it's really interesting that we've seen two grand directors take it on. Whether it's a hit or miss, I'm, I'm just liking what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm still waiting for a gosh damn good... Sorry for blasphemy. I, did, I, I didn't blasphemy. <laughs> I'm still waiting for a good um, adaptation of a Greek mythology movie. Clash of the Titans was garbage, and I think it's killed that the whole chance of that. I just want to see a straightforward adaptation of Zeus of, of, of Zeus versus Achilles story that's all I want to see using modern day special effects and our great actors but I think you, they've killed that with Clash of the Titans do you mean Achilles or do you mean Hades well I don't know both whatever the story is well, perhaps <laughs> another, Troy was great yeah 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 perhaps another cartoon here uh, Disney's Hercules features uh, Hades versus Zeus yeah um, so they're, they're doing Hercules too are they no no that's oh that's been done the animated yeah. film yeah yeah um, I love that animated film yeah look that, that's probably what you want to see is a live action version of that yes exactly yeah. that's what I want to see but probably more in a series the same tone same respect same directors as of Noah and um, Exodus I want to see that with a Greek uh, mythology adaptation. And you um, don't think Hercules with Brett Ratner did it? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that. I won't. I won't. <laughs> and I love The Rock. I think The Rock is great. He just needs to be in better movies. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I advise people to go watch it. Um, uh, this is, movie's hit a lot of criticism, and I understand completely. But I, I do think it's a good. Um, feast for your eyes you know sort of thing just to see the plagues up there and everything like that and to see these grand actors and the production design just in itself is really good I can't wait for the Blu-ray for this I just want to hear Ridley Scott talk about uh, I, I'm assuming he's going to talk with a lot of passion about this because he's dedicated this to his brother I don't know if this is his magnus opus I don't think any director goes that's the best film I've ever made do you think Do you think directors have that a favourite film? I think that they feel their careers peak and then try and maintain that level but when they don't they look back retrospectively and say that was my magnum opus yeah yeah yes uh, yeah well with this being dedicated to his brother i don't know if he's thinking that no <laughs> no blade runner i think this <laughs> alien is, this is probably just a moment in his life um look i mean gladiator as well was very good um, yeah. and that was you know they're just the problem is when hollywood wants to make an epic they say who has made an epic and then they try and get those directors and they throw money at them and I mean look maybe this was in production before his brother passed away maybe it was halfway through production I don't know yeah um, but you know, obviously that happened at some point and we, we talked about this on Prometheus as well like um, oh sorry on the retrospective one how is this the death of his brother going to affect him and this is really the first unveiling like seeing behind the veil wow it's you know it's really obviously it's really affected him you've just reminded me that Joel Edgerton and Christian Bale didn't have any really iconic dialogue. There was no scene where he said, let my people go. There was no scene where he said, you can't have them, Moses, they're mine, or anything. There was no lines that were trailer-worthy, if you will. There was nothing that you're quoting coming out of this film. That's a great point, I feel like the script wasn't quite there. And when he's charging at Moses at the end, and Moses says, turn back, you'll never make it back, or whatever he says... Joel Edgerton should have said something there that stuck with us forever. Yeah. Like like that line in Gattaca where 
Ethan Hawke says... never saved anything. Never saved anything for the way back because he's always going forward. He's going to, you know, there should have been something yeah. iconic, but there was nothing. And I think the fact that the ending was so anticlimactic, the fact that this absence of lines and, you know, this is all just... A, I just couldn't wait to leave the cinema, really. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, finally, it's over, you know. I, obviously, you wanted to see this film. I was happy to do yeah. it, to cover it on the podcast. But if this gets nominated for anything in the Oscars, it'll be costume. Production design. Production design. Set design. Anything Maybe like that. special effects. There's too well, many. It's too brutal, that, that um, area now. <laughs> look, I mean... There's special effects in Interstellar would knock this out of the park, wouldn't they? You would think. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put money on this for effects. Yeah. Even for a nomination, really. Uh, um, it's going to be interesting when this film is released to, in America, to, just to see everyone's reaction. I think it's going to be very widely negative. Um, I, I just think the really it's it's in a lose lose situation. Mm-hmm. It's not going to attract the average moviegoer who's grown up with Lord of the Rings and Gladiator. That's the bloodthirsty, and this movie does satisfy the bloodthirst. But there's so much dialogue that's you know it's the middle long to sit the middle through. of this film. Yeah, kids are going to get bored. Secondly, the religious people are going to have huge issues. Why mm-hmm. is he marrying an Arabic girl? Why? Why is this person um, cast as this? Why is this... You know, all those awful issues that come with the territory if you're going to do a Bible story. So I think they're in a lose-lose situation, which is a shame because, again, I want to see more Bible stories adapted. Um, I just think we're at a great time. We have great actors, great DOPs, great finance and money. We're talking $100 million budgets, great directors um, at the moment, all capable of um, adapting these stories. I just want to see more. More Ten Commandments, more Noahs. (laughs) Ridley Scott said this was originally four hours. Wow. So... I'll probably see that cut. Probably on Blu-ray. Because Kingdom of Heaven came out in un, a super uncut version or something. I saw all of that. Oh, the only thing wrong with Kingdom of Heaven is Orlando Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Poor Orlando. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but if you think about it, this is two and a half hours or whatever. That's 90 more minutes. And we pretty much got the story down. Like, <laughs> yeah. how much more could we see in 90 minutes? Yeah. That's, I mean, there's more to cut as well. Like, I, the montage, for example, was there a scene where maybe they did attack and it didn't go so well? Maybe there was more of that inner turmoil because I want to I mean, see more of that. I would have enjoyed seeing some more action scenes. Like I said, the 3D didn't suit the action at all. I don't think people should see this in 3D. But, Not me either. But, I mean, generally, I was like, there's no middle action sequence. Maybe uh, Moses should have fought his way out when he was going to be exiled and then they should have captured him before exiling him. And there could have been a scene where his brother said something to me like, I've never been so disappointed in you, or something that stuck with us. They could have repeated at the end. There was just no dialogue. You know what? I would have loved to have seen more of him being tortured. You know, in, um, in Gladiator, we had really those, a lot of those touching scenes where he kept thinking about his family and the farm. And then at the end, when he was bleeding out, he was going to go home back to that farm, back to his wife and child. It was yep. really touching. I would love to have seen just a bit like he's thinking about his wife um, and son just while he's in e- Egypt fighting Ramesses, just so we know he's human rather than, you know, this constant, I would who have, is this guy talking to some mythical, you know? I would have settled for a shot of him looking at the moon and then cut to them looking at the moon. Yeah. You know, knowing they're Star under Wars the same is, moon. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Some, that yeah. would have been enough. Yeah. Well, I, I hope with the four-hour cut we see more of his internal demons externalized before going off to 
rescue the slaves. Uh, I hope, but this is another point that's really giving me really big annoyance is you get these um, movies that come out for the theatrical release and they come out on Blu-ray and there's a director's cut and then after a while they do another director's cut and I understand authors change their books updated Blade Runner <laughs> Blade Runner's got five cuts and of course the biggest perpetrator and one of my favourite films of all time is Alexander there is four cuts Four cuts, Dave, and I own all of them. And at some point, you got to say this is not <laughs> this is worth ridiculous. A fifth yeah, yeah. Because movies <laughs> have such an impact. You remember what you see at the cinema; and they they resonate with you, and you're just like, okay, do I change that now? Like, Star Wars is so hard for me to alter from what I saw and to what George Lucas did. Like, uh, it's just like a kid waving in front, going, "Hey, look at me! Look at me!" And I'm trying to watch Star Wars, you know, the whole time. So uh, that's another point. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. This is why people listen. To this podcast it's just for your thoughts yeah look i didn't enjoy it i'm sorry to say <laughs> that's okay exodus gods and kings i'm i'm a little disappointed in it all and i wonder if the the 90 minutes will be christian bale yelling at a lighting person who walked through his shot <laughs> as he was acting just just a 90 minute rant <laughs> it will be an easter egg that yeah. you have to search for <laughs> yeah <laughs> Look, um, we're running an anagram competition at the moment for those who don't listen to Podme if you can regularly. Uh, from episode 100 on, what I've been doing is giving out letters. The letters form the name of an actor or actress. And uh, today's letter is I. You can go back and listen from episode 100, get all the letters. Nearly finished giving them out. So um, if you're the first one to solve the puzzle of the actor or actress's name, you can contact us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash podme if you can. Send us a direct message to podme if you can and say, Anagram Comp, this is who I think it is. And if you're correct, you will send you out a podme if you can prize pack. There can only be one winner. It's a bunch of DVDs. It's a bunch of obscure films. Some of them which we've covered on our YouTube channel, Lloyd. Yep. Um, we started up a YouTube channel about halfway through doing this podcast and... Um, we cover very obscure films with famous stars in them, so often it's something you've never heard of. We cover them off in very concise YouTube video reviews. And the, the links for all of this is at our website, which is podmeifyoucan.com. Lloyd, next time we're going to be talking about Boyhood. Richard Linklater. <laughs> which is yet another one of these films that has Oscar buzz. Twelve years in the making, and uh, that'll be our topic next week in the lead-up to the Oscars. Thanks very much for listening, and if you check out Exodus, Gods and Kings, please uh, check out uh, Tony Scott Retrospective. And if you're interested, we've got a Noah podcast you can find back in our archives. Hit it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Go to www.podmeifyoucan.com. Pod me if you can. Movie Review.